Uh, welcome to Bate Live, everyone. So uh, for those joining for the first time, Bate translates to a conversation. And it's the National Institute of Design's uh, unique interact interactive platform to learn and share. So today we have Tarun Lak with us. So Tarun is an Indian-American animator and illustrator. He was born in Florida and brought up in Chennai. And he studied um, computer animation at the Ringling College of Art and Design. So he's uh, worked as a character animator on animated commercials and feature-length films uh, by, you know, uh, Sodi and Pixar, such as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Onward, Soul, and Luca. And he recently has illustrated his first picture book, which is called The Moon from the Heaven, and it's out later this year. So um, we'll begin with a session. I'd like to start off with your education. So what was your animation education like? And were there any, you know, ideas and processes you were exposed to in school that kind of still influence you today? Uh, yeah, so thank you for the intro. Um, like you said, I, I went to Ringling College and um, to, to study computer animation. The program is called computer animation, but you do learn everything surrounding animation, I guess, from uh, design to, to storyboarding and um, even a little bit of 2D animation. So um, in, in terms of what I still um, have with me from, from that time, I guess, um, is just to kind of clearly state what it is you're trying to communicate, uh, which is, a, I think, a very, very difficult thing to actually properly do, because um, it there there are so many ways to show something, but it's what what would what is the best way to like show it and and have the audience like understand it or whoever's watching it. And and still have it feel like it it came out of you like that's um, I think a difficult thing, um, but it did also teach me like most of the the tools and and um, like all the principles of the craft of animation you know like just spacing and timing and um, you know basic design concepts and and how to kind of structure a story, at least for a short film, um, and and how to take something from concept and, and your idea to like a, a final short film. So ev everything that goes on in between, like uh, we did kind of learn to do. So um, a lot of that is still with me, but um, yeah. So we'll take a few steps back. So what really drew you to animation in the first place? And, you know, was there a certain aspect you enjoyed and you thought, you know, I want to do this every day? Yeah, uh, for me, it was um, in in high school when I was still in India, uh, I'd seen Toy Story 3 had come out when I was in 11th, I think. Um, and I'd, I'd grown up with the first two films. I was I was really really young, blown away by what what they were doing in the filmmaking and and the animation side of it. Um, and I was kind of uh, astonished by what animation could do. Like they they're just toys, but they seem alive. But they're not even actually toys. They're just uh, computer data um and and they make you like fall for these characters and and care about them and i was and they're about spoiler alert they're they're about to die in the end but they're toys they can't really die and again it's animation so none of this exists but they they really do um make you care which um i i, I was blown away by and i felt like shit i i i want to do this um, and specifically for me, how things through movement kind of came alive, that kind of att attracted me to it. Um, there, there's a scene in, um, 
in in the of uh, they're they're all about to die that scene the incinerator scene yeah and all all you're really seeing is like what's going on in their eyes and like there's hardly any dialogue and it's just all through body language and movement that they're like they know this is the end and they're bracing themselves and uh they're holding each other to go to the end together um and and that level of sophistication was like so well done in 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 like a simple way i i didn't grasp just how well done it was at the time i was just astonished by everything but um i think the the movement what you could do with movement um is what attracted me to animation so that that that's why i, I wanted to become an animator specifically um, yeah yeah I think a lot of people were really impacted by that film. It was really special. Yeah. So um yeah, you've lived both in India and the US. So um how do you think, you know, being exposed to these different cultures kind of affects your world view and subsequently the art that you make? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question because I I think uh I'm still a little confused because of that mixed bringing mm. a, a little bit um i mean i i loved it i i love i love being in both places uh but they're so different in in some ways that uh i don't know if i it's hard to fully identify being from one place or the other because i feel like oh this I'll, these aspects of me feel i think fairly indian and i mm-hmm. i i don't identify with the the Mer- the american style as much but then on other stuff i'm like i i feel more american than i do indian at certain times so um in that way it's a little confusing but i uh, maybe that's good i don't know um in terms of how it affected my world view i think i think it's just like being exposed to different kinds of people in in both places like the diversity of india like especially in high school i think there were all almost all kinds of indians who were who were in my school um which wasn't the case in in my younger years uh so just getting exposed to that and and then coming to the us and being exposed to like um not only americans but people from other countries too um i think i just like gained a broader understanding of people a little bit um and and to not have as many like stereotypical i ideas of who people are based on what what background they're from um Yeah, so I guess a, a little more understanding. Um I don't I don't know how that directly impacts my work or not. Um So that that's a hard question to yeah, answer. It, there's a lot <laughs> you know a lot of variables come into something like this. Yeah, like I it's it's hard to tell what actually seeps mm-hmm. into your work. sometimes and what what doesn't or it's it's just hard to tease it all out um and i i i don't know that it does matter in my work i i honestly don't but um yeah so um about your sony and pixar feature length films so what was the process of applying to these jobs like so what exactly did they look for in their animators Yeah, I think well at both places and this is just in general for feature animation uh pretty much anywhere I think is like performance is kind of the the key you're basically I mean you have the voice actors that voice these characters but then visually all all the performance is coming from the animators so um that is 
like the job is is kind of to to be like a puppeteer slash actor in in that way so that is kind of what most places look look for in your reel and there might be like some differences between studios and and what they look for within that but i think generally it is performance like they just want to see like a personality on screen who's alive um and and can like change emotion or or like can move believably with weight and and physics and marrying that with acting in a in a scene um and and just kind of feel alive so i i i think that's generally what they look for um and some studios have some specifics within that i think some tendencies i would say um yeah, like some places might like to see a broad range of style uh like can you handle like uh really cartoony push stuff or and and really simple or re- really like subtle stuff and and slightly more naturalistic um within within like performance so um and some places like i guess more funny stuff or that that also depends on the animators who are applying and what project they're specifically hiring for like um if may, maybe they have they're they're trying to make a, a really funny goofy movie i don't know so they they might like to see uh a little more comedy in your reel like if if you can handle comedy well and um if if you're applying for something like that with a reel full of like creature animation i don't i don't know that that totally um matches for the project so um it 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 does kind of depend on a lot of factors um but what i had was mostly like uh bipedal characters um in in performance so mm-hmm. so um how did you like end up there so after college exactly how did your journey pan out oh yeah um so after college well while i was in still still in college i did an internship at like a the stop motion house i didn't do any stop motion but uh i did do some like cg crowds work like a lot of their crowds um crowds is difficult to do in general um and especially in stop motion it, it would have been difficult so they they do it with cg so i i helped out on that while i was there and then and then i finished college and then um i got a job doing commercial animation at this uh commercial house called Psyop in LA um and and that was great experience because like commercials they're fairly short projects with a with a short um like r- r- uh, time that you you would work on it so i would basically change projects like every 2 to 4 weeks i would be on a on a new one with a new director with a new client um not that i directly interacted with the clients but just the the practice that came with animating different stuff at at a relatively fast rate i think got got me a little efficient and i i learned how to handle like notes better and and turn it around quickly and and just also make my like workflow kind of efficient to be able to do those things effectively without um killing myself um so i i i did that for a while and and while i was doing that i i, I still worked on some personal pieces because i i still wanted to go into feature animation at some point so i would try to do like my own assignments in a way that were uh performance based that i i i thought uh w- that's what those studios were looking for so 
Um, I, I did a few of those. And then af after like about a year, maybe, or a little less than a year, um, Sony, Sony was kind of hiring for multiple films. So it, the timing kind of worked out where um, they were, they were interested and um, I was interviewed for uh, a couple of films and um, uh, Spider-Verse ended up being, being the one who uh, took me on and, and the one that I was most interested in at the time we didn't, nothing was public about it yet. Like you didn't know what the style was or, or who was involved or like any images at all. Um, but the idea of like an animated Spider-Man was interesting to me. Like I, I grew up with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films, like a lot of us did. So um, it, I thought, oh man, that would be exciting. And I, I think um, animation would fit well for uh, superhero films. You know, I, I think you could, you could do more in animation with that. So anyway, I, that, that's how I kind of ended up there. So you started with Sony and then went to Pixar. So what was it like working yeah. in those? Yeah, at, at Sony, uh, I, I love my time at Sony. Um, it can be a mixed bag for some people, but um, that, that film particularly ended up um, thankfully and surprisingly also a little bit that it, it became so successful. Uh, but we just also had a blast making it, but it was like really uh, incredibly difficult. Like um, a lot of us were also new to the studio who were, who were working on it. So uh, we're getting adjusted to the studio, the, the place we were all in. Um, most of us were in Vancouver, Canada. Um, but we had this like floor of a building to ourselves. So um, we, we just kind of made it our own and um, you know, the, the struggle of an trying to animate in this very specific style with like these specific characters that demanded a level of acting that I, I don't know that a lot of us knew how sophisticated they were um, going for um, oh, the the idea that they were going for was so um, it it made it challenging but it was also like really fun and I uh, I honestly think that was more that was more like my second schooling because I, I I think I learned a lot over there that I still have with me that I that I still uh, try to apply in my work um yeah and made made a lot of friends you know and then coming to pixar that that was a little bit more of a surprise i didn't exactly like um necessarily apply for it so it, it was more i i worked on spider-verse and then um right after that i was working on angry birds 2 and then during that time spider-verse came out and and you know, it, it was uh, really successful, which was awesome. Um, and then I, I, I started sharing my work a little bit online from it. So I, I think from that, uh, Pixar kind of got interested. So um, they, they asked if I was interested in coming down here. And, uh, um, and the timing, I think, worked out great because I think I was just wrapping up on Angry Birds 2 at the time. So, and they were looking for someone to start like a few weeks after that or, or around that time. And uh, it all worked out that um, I, I, could, I could come here. So um, a lot of luck and timing, like definitely a lot, a lot of luck, I think, involved. Um, so then, then I moved down here and uh, started working on Onward. It's great. So um, uh, I have a question about like maintaining your individuality or individual identity. Is that something that you need to keep in mind? Like, is that something you strive for when working in these big projects, you know, with lots of stakeholders? Um, yeah, yeah, that's a 
that's an interesting one because I I try not to be too conscious of that I think like because you're part of a bigger project it's much bigger than you and there are so many people involved uh mm -hmm. it kind of makes it a little easier that okay like you're you're just a small part of this mm -hmm. and there's not a whole lot that's dependent on you although you do have to do your part of the job well because it needs to fit in to this caliber whatever it is they're trying to make um so the the individual side of it i think that comes more into like okay what what ideas are you are you trying to put into the actual work itself and and even then like i think the individuality comes more from your sensibilities and like what you've observed just in life in general and trying to put a little bit of that in, into your work but also like your maybe your process um that's interesting the last bit you told us i think that's very applicable to all sorts of like creative disciplines yeah 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 totally mm -hmm. so um you also make uh, these little like vignettes in your spare time about your life back in india so if you guys have seen us instagram they're like you know the grandparents and uh, little children and they're you know outside playing in these very indian environments and uh it deals with themes like you know nostalgia humanity and all these like little simple things so um what do you want to tell with these stories like what do you want people to feel um well thank you first of all um i i don't really make a lot i there was a period of time where i was making them and then i i just kind of stopped so i just kind of wanted for some reason to to try and put things that i had seen and observed and that that were kind of like soaked in in my memory a little bit and just trying to bring that out in some form uh like in an appreciative form like i wanted to appreciate those things so um i'm glad it like um a, a lot of people could recognize those moments from from their own observations too um that i think that means the world to me yeah no it it totally did work like it just you could just like feel the you know warmth and those like rose tinted lenses right from the pictures i absolutely love them awesome thank you thank you so uh you also have a book coming out so the moon from the heradun So it's a book by Shirin Shamsi and you illustrated it. So what drew you to this story in particular? This one in particular because it it it's set in the partition of India and Pakistan, you know, in in that time and it's based on the author's mother's experience. So like she at at the time lived through the partition and she was a little uh girl at the time. and um she had to move from dehradun to um pakistan lahore um and you know that that's such a important moment in our country's history in in the subcontinent and just in asia in general a lot of hate and violence and um killing going on um during that time so I I was interested in in that subject matter I think it was it was interesting to make a picture book for young kids dealing with that kind of heavy subject matter I I don't think I'd seen that before and I I love that it was based on um a real life story uh so and 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 it felt it felt real when i read the manuscript so i was like yeah this this would be awesome like i'm i'm a little scared of doing this because of the subject matter but i don't know that i would ever get to do something like this again so i i think i have to do it um 
Yeah, and and it's also yeah, I mean it de- it's set in the backdrop of like a heavy subject matter, but it is about a, a little more about uh, an intimate story, just surrounding this little girl. Like the 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 girl, uh, her name is Azra. Um, you know, she's like eight years old, maybe, and and she at that age you don't really grasp much of what's going on in the world so it 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 kind of becomes about like you uh, like her point of view of like how she's experiencing this so and emotionally what she is kind of going through in the in the moment uh so i i i really like those layers that the author was playing with um so yeah and i i, I thought it would be like interesting to also visually depict that time and some of those images I'd seen a ton of pictures from the partition and they're just like they're so intense and um how how would you draw that without making it too depressing but it should still be a little depressing um like you you do need to feel what it was like at at that time um so i i thought it was like a really interesting challenge and and something that i feel like i i could be proud of um to be involved with so coming to the next question uh you said that versatility is your strong suit how does one develop you know all these different styles and methods of animation storytelling uh well i i always drew growing up so I, I think drawing was always a part of me that that way um and in art school when i went to ringling you know everything was drawing based in terms of the foundation so i i got better at drawing there and you did like uh, academically kind of learn um how to how to draw and then try to apply those concepts into your cg work so um because because i had to learn to draw i think that skill like had to naturally evolve so that it could help my cg skills and then i but then the nice byproduct of that is like i could also do 2d um stuff if i if i wanted to I don't think I'm nearly as good as 2D as I am in 3D uh just in terms of versatility like I I think I can handle more different kinds of CG like in terms of style or um you know studios or or directors but in 2D I don't I don't know that I can handle that I my drawing has a certain limit where i'm comfortable drawing stuff in my own way um but as soon as i have to kind of adhere to um model sheets from a different designer i i don't think i could um i i i don't i haven't developed that skill so uh who are your influences so you know both in the field of animation and outside what do you like to consume um in terms of animation now i don't yeah that's hard because once you work in animation for a while um i think you start to want to branch out of animation only because if you keep getting inspired by the same stuff you're um that there's a limit to what you're going to encounter in a way so you you kind of have to look outside for influences a bit. I did go through a while back I um I didn't grow up with Miyazaki movies or or Ghibli movies in general. I I was kind of introduced to them fairly late. Um but more recently I guess like a couple years ago um I I started to like fully appreciate what um Ghibli does and and then I I went through a big Ghibli phase um around then so that that became like a huge influence because it's so the way 
they think is like so different from the way Western animators think um, and, and just the filmmaking philosophies involved. Um, so I, I was really drawn to that. Like, it was like, uh, like, how do I try to challenge myself to think in a different way? And, and as I was watching their stuff, like, man, they're, they're doing stuff that I feel like we aren't allowed to do sometimes, or we're not supposed to do, but they do it and it works so well. And, uh, I don't know how to do that. And it's, it's hard to grasp sometimes. Um, so that, that was really cool, but outside of animation, I think just films and in general from, um, live action, um, like more, more recently I'd watched, um, Again, I was kind of late to this, uh, but Bicycle Thieves from um, from Italy. So I, I I try to educate myself by by watching just good films in in general, and and get exposed to like different filmmakers' points of view. Uh, and out outside of film, I think um, maybe books and just art. In, in general, um, like more more recently, again, I I, I was uh, I kind of got into Tagore's work, uh, his his short stories and a couple of his novels, and uh, I I was amazed. I mean, we I always knew about him and the impact he had in uh, in India and Bengal, uh, but to actually like really sit down and and read his work was was super interesting like again the way he thinks and like what he's observed through his life he's putting it down on the page in in such like a raw form that it, that was like really refreshing for me and like very uh inspiring i was like damn like uh you, you I, I can't write, so I'm even more blown away by how someone can take things that I might try to like picture instead, but he puts it down in, in words. So um, that that was um, pretty inspiring, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, what are some like um, opposing forces that you may have encountered in your creative journey and how did you overcome them or how are you overcoming them? Um, yeah, that's kind of almost a, a little bit of a necessity in a way to push yourself. Um, I think the first real one I encountered was really in high school trying, trying to um, convince my family to, to study animation like that. I think that's something a lot of Indians can can maybe relate to. Um, uh, eventually, they you know now they they supported me, and I'm so thankful. Um, but at the time, it was difficult, um, you know, because it's. I mean, I understand. Like it's, it is a dicey move to to make, you know. So uh, that was interesting. But I think that. Um, solidified in my own mind like yeah I, th I, I do actually really really want to do this for a living like I, I wasn't just like oh the animation's interesting I could maybe play around with that instead it, it felt more like no I, I actually have to do this just forced with that decision like in in the opposition I guess so I, I think that was like the first thing. And then maybe in in college, it was literally just the sheer amount of stuff we had to learn was just mind boggling. Like uh, I lost so much sleep in college because we had so many assignments. And I uh, I also like didn't know how to efficiently do the work. Like uh, we were also learning the craft, right? So it, I, I was having trouble with certain things like this is getting into really nitty gritty stuff, but 
um, in CG animation, you know, the, there's like the blocking stage and, and uh, the more final, I guess, polished stage. But in between that, when you're, when you're going from blocking, which oftentimes can be like stepped blocking where it's very like pose to pose and, and you're switching between held poses, um, so going from that form into a more, the, the more movement driven polish, like, okay, now that you have these poses, how do you string them up like on ones in 24 frames per second, um, have them believably move? And it was so many controls, like these characters have thousands of controls. So it's just how do you wrangle this to make any sense of it? That, that itself was like a huge challenge that, that took a while to figure out. Uh, I wouldn't say that's necessarily a creative problem, but that, that is like a, a technical problem that's standing in the way of your uh, creativity. Um, but also, I guess, understanding what makes good animation or what makes animation work. Because it's very easy to to just like, okay, like draw a few drawings in succession and then you flip it and then there you go, you have animation. So it is very simple in that way, but then, okay, how do you take it a step further, at least as character animators, um, you do have to think about character and what how they're behaving and there there are just so many things involved like okay you have human behavior and then you have drawing and design concepts and filmmaking concepts and um acting theory and uh, and body mechanics like who thinks about body mechanics and selling weight and, and you have to marry all these things together to make a, a character animation, it's it, it's actually like a lot. So it it takes a while just to understand any one of those concepts independently, and then you have to think of it together and how it can complement each other. Um, now I'm I'm way more comfortable with it, but um, in school you're learning that and all the tools like Maya and. Photoshop and you have all these classes, you're learning story, design, animation, rigging, modeling. There are just so many things going on. So it's hard to even like have the the space in your mind to take a while to just understand one thing. Um, so I, I was even hardly even thinking in in a creative way, I guess, because I was just in the face of so many obstacles that I had to just learn to to grasp. So uh, that was that was one, I guess. And then much later, I think once I got to Pixar, I I was finally like comfortable in animating at least to a certain degree, to a, at least a certain standard that. Um, I was like, okay, like I've, I, I understand this, and I, I understand how to animate something that can fit into a movie I'm working on at a at a, a high caliber studio. So I was happy. I was I was able to achieve that goal, and then, but then it was like, okay, like what is what is the next thing in in a way? Like what? Like, I feel like that this isn't the end of my learning. It, it definitely can't be because like there, there's, when you watch film, there's still so much to learn, I, I feel like. So that became like a next that I, I still think I'm in. And how do you take something from your own more raw experience and put it down visually in some form and have it actually work in a way where other 
people see it and understand it. So, um, like from from more of a from a concept to a final image sort of uh, point of view, and how do you, I guess, have your imprint in that 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 it feels like oh this is everything about this, I think comes from me, I think. So um, I think that that became an interesting challenge. And this this was like around when the pandemic started. Um, so I, I went through a phase of like, I don't know what, what to do or how to tackle this um, problem in a way. And then um, that's when I, I, I started to do the vignettes based on India and uh, I, I felt like I hit something there. Like I, I was um, amazed by the response online from it. So I feel like I, I hit, hit something and now I think I need to just kind of flesh that out more just for, for myself. I don't know what really what form that's going to take, but um, and still at, at work on, on, the professional front, I think it's still uh, the even there. The learning never really ends. Like with each film, comes a different set of challenges that are that are different from other films, you know. So and because you're always dealing with new characters, probably most probably a different director and different sensibilities. Uh, and a slightly different filmmaking philosophy that's coming from the director. So uh, there are those challenges that will constantly kind of be there, at least when you're working on other projects. So I think that was, um, that that's the, like the ongoing challenge, I think, which is, I, I think, healthy to have. Mm -hmm. Necessary. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot of people had questions about, you know, getting into the animation industry. Uh, one in particular was like, what should one be passionate um, about to know that animation is the career for them? I think an interest in people. <laughs> like, that might seem like really general, and I think you can go into other, certain other professions if you're just interested in people and and kind of just human behavior or just trying to understand life in a way that that sounds really heavy but um like any any kind of curiosity of the of the nature of things i think can can lead you to animation and can serve you well when you're in animation i think because it, in the end it's like curiosity and then and understanding or a curiosity to understand how we are the way we are or, or like our behavior or what people go through uh, like s struggles or, um, or successes and, and, and trying to decipher some of that, but, but also put that experience into another form such as an animated film and then kind of bring that to the screen and and have that resonate with an audience like that's i guess an interest in that um which sounds broad but in the end i think that's really what it is it's it's very simple and broad another question a lot of people had were um, do you have any like tips for um, portfolio preparation? Um, what kind of pieces should, should you include? Um, well, I, I think that depends on um, where you're applying or what kind of jobs you're applying for. Like I, I can really only speak for character animation at Western feature film um, yeah. places. So, which is a, which is a little bit of a niche. I, uh, it, it is like a popular niche. Um, so I guess like, like I was saying before, like um, 
performance-based animation. Like you're, you're animating characters that should feel alive and that they should have like a distinct personality and, and behavior to them. And what would happen if, if they interacted with someone else in their world, like seeing that kind of unfold and feel believable to someone looking at it, um, I, uh, with, which takes the understanding of like a lot of the principles you know the the principles of animation and 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 design and and weight and um, you know all all these things that you learn to become an animator. Uh, marrying all that to become invisible and just become like a, a, an invisible part of the performance. Like you need those things to be to craft the performance but in the end like the, perf the the performance is the one that needs to kind of stand on its own uh, with all these elements kind of supporting it so if you have that in your work I think I think you're 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 good to go uh, mm -hmm. at least in uh, feature films all right and um, in terms of, you know, the future of animation. So we saw like 2D animation with Spider-Verse and stuff, but um, where else do you see any other like kind of threads that places are going? And how can one always be ready for these changes? Yeah, I don't, yeah, it's, um, it's, that stuff is difficult to predict. I think at the core, it's always kind of gonna remain the same, like you're animating, characters or, or and you're telling stories with characters that you're kind of making up in a way uh so i don't know that that core is really going to change i think the change is coming more from like the medium of like okay you have cg and then you have 2d stop motion and now you're starting to see a lot of like blending of each other like borrowing the look of 2d for cg um so it's coming more from that and i don't know that there's a way to predict that but i i think you're also starting to see a trend of more personal stories becoming uh a animated film like big animated features so uh and having the filmmakers stamp more clearly and visually uh, imprinted in them. So I, I think it's coming more from that. Um, and I guess a, another thing that is changing is like, you know, streaming is becoming a huge part um, more than probably more than theaters in the future. So, but that doesn't really change our day to day job in a way like when you're working on a, a film or or a show or a short um i don't know that that really changes it's more like the platform and the, the marketing um and how do you stay ready yeah that's a hard question i don't i don't know <laughs> i think so, yeah but being versatile a little bit would would help mm -hmm. for sure in in whatever discipline you choose to do within animation yeah I don't, that's a vague answer but yeah that's how it is though I mean. yeah yeah okay i have a bit of a fun question so if you could be one character that you designed or worked on uh who would it be oh well i haven't really designed any characters other than like I guess the the book and um, and and the characters from the vignettes, um, but stuff that I worked on from if if I could be like is this like I want to be yeah, this it's, character? Be open anything you feel connected to. Interesting. I really I really liked Fat Peter Parker from Spider Verse. <laughs> 
Like he he felt relatable. Not that I was a Spider-Man in my youth or anything, but it 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 was more like uh he he's a rundown guy who he's been beaten up after a few life experiences and he's a little grumpy and um little low on energy and uh I don't know there there, there was something funny about him um but he still understands his responsibility in a way so uh, yeah um I don't necessarily want to be this character but I enjoyed animating him uh Ercole from Luca uh the the villain he yeah. he was really fun he's just a despicable human being um I don't want to be him but I it would be it'd be interesting to be in his shoes for a day I think just to feel what it is he's feeling like it will uh, how how do you be despicable to people that's a sick that's a sick thought really but uh, it it could be interesting i don't know um alberto alberto could be cool like i i i wish i was as adventurous as him and and being able to like shut down anything that stands in your way um yeah yeah oh that's great um there's one audience question so um when talking about ghibli movies you said that um you were talking about the differences between what's allowed and what's not allowed in like western animation versus ghibli so people want a little bit elaboration on that maybe an example well yeah i i, I don't know if it's like necessarily not allowed but it's just like you don't really see that happen in western animation but that's more because of the different ways um the the two countries have evolved like through time. there's so much different history involved in each country that manifests itself in their philosophies of of like the the people who live there so i think it stems more from that i don't know that you can you you can definitely be um uh, influenced by one or the other and try to put that in your work but i i think it's more like when i watch ghibli movies i i i see a little more of a uh, a raw and slightly more unclear representation of uh of a a character's journey mm-hmm. um and you don't really know how it's going to play out for them and that's kind of how life is sometimes like you don't there's so much uncertainty in what in in your future that somehow they've been able to in their filmmaking you know sh- show that like how, how do things unfold in a not in a somewhat unexpected way but then in the end you still kind of learn the thing that you were supposed to learn but you would have never known that unless you went on that journey in a way um or or get influenced by those people so it's a little bit it's kind of like it feels a little meandering in that like oh it's going here and they're meeting this weird dude okay uh and then they go through this like i have no idea what this means but okay that's that makes the character feel this way and then and then they they um start to change in, in a slightly more unexpected way but it feels satisfying in the end somehow so whereas i think in western animation there's a little bit more uh form i guess to the structure of how how they structure a story and um like it, it's it's a, almost like a little bit of a backward approach like okay like you you have a story where you want to tell how the character learns to be selfless say and then okay so that's your ending 
is like you you want your character to be to be selfless. So the direct opposite of that to make for like an interesting drama would be to start him or her from the opposite place, which is being selfish. So like I guess Toy Story would be an example. So you 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 take you flip that you flip your ending, and then you give it kind of like these ten poles of like okay like this is this is the point where Woody Woody's worldview gets disrupted, and his selfishness that has served him well through this time suddenly, you know, is um, is is being threatened, and uh, because of Buzz coming into the picture, so then you see okay, this this is where he's challenged, and then and then it goes to like what is he going to do about it? Then you have like the moment where he pushes him off the window and, and like, okay, now, now his like selfishness has gone too far that like the other toys hate him. And then it's like, okay, now he has to win back them. So he needs to go get buzz. So he go, goes to get buzz. And through that time, they form a friendship just because of what they have to go through and and then by the end you know he, he they're kind of faced with a decision that makes them choose selflessness over selfishness and then and then boom you have your ending so they're they're these more structured uh temples in a way and then you kind of weave your story through that in and as organic way as possible. Um, and I don't know that I necessarily see a similar kind of structure in say Ghibli films. So um, like there's, there's a little bit more cl clarity and simplification in, in the American way of handling it where, okay, like, you have a certain type of character. Let them um, inter uh, let them come into conflict with another character who's op opposing in their worldview or what they represent in the world. Um, so it's it, it's a little bit more like that, and you, that even comes down to like the specifics of animation, like how how you kind of bring to life a, a, a character. Like oftentimes I, I also, in, in my day-to-day -day job, I'll think backward, like, okay, like this is what the shot's about. This is what needs to come across. So I'm gonna take where the character needs to go and then kind of work backward and set up these like, okay, because it needs to go there, I'm gonna end the shot before this is what's happening. So I'm going to use this idea to, min, uh, to, to get that change to happen so it can go from point A to point B. And I'm going to try and, and bring them to life to make them feel like believably going from this w with this idea that I've come up with into the following scene. So, um, and I, I don't know if that's how the Japanese animators think. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think they, it feels like they almost kind of straight ahead it in a, in a way. Um, I don't know that that's true, but it, it, it always feels like, oh, it, it feels a little bit more raw, which is cool. And I don't know if one is better th than the other. It's just, I just like seeing the difference and, and trying to learn from both. Yeah. So okay. hopefully that uh, answers it. I don't know. That was, that was interesting. Uh, yeah, we've kind of, um, <laughs> this is the end of the live, I guess. Um, thanks to everyone for tuning in. I hope you got something out of our little chat. And thank you, Tarun, for, you know, taking time out of your day. Do this with us. It's been really great. Yeah, yeah. Learned a lot. Awesome. <laughs> Just thank you.
yeah, we're excited oh, to I'm, see I'm, you again. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, and thanks, thanks everyone for joining in. Mm-hmm. Bye. Awesome. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll await your uh, newer work. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. See ya.